0: So, hey, we're talking about growing in Christ. Uh, we've been talking for a little while in this. It's a series, and uh, we're just going to continue on this vibe. It could be to the duration till the return of Jesus, because I don't know if you ever exhaust this topic, but eventually we will pivot. Um, so thank you, God. We just bless, according to what he said, just your words, God, coming out of my mouth, but out of the good book, too, that you would just speak to our hearts. Amen. Wow, I feel really, like, kind of tender right now. Um, so this probably on Monday or Tuesday, I felt like the Holy Spirit kind of nudged me on the direction to go, but I didn't really want to listen to that. And looking back on it, I, if I'm honest, I wasn't even sure it was God. I just kind of wanted to avoid that topic. And then I got to like Friday and God was like, yo, we're still talking that same thing, Jason. I'm like, Oh, and then I realized the topic is, is something that I think Some of us, maybe all of us at some level uh, tend to do, and uh, can I get a little gem roll what the topic is? Our topic today is growing in Christ through trials, and so I think it's just easy, you know, to not want to um, face trials or even talk about trials sometimes, but it's very much a part of the life of faith, and it's very much um, something that we all need to have a perspective on to grow in Christ. So I want to read you guys something out of Isaiah 53. And if you don't know about Isaiah, uh, this is an incredible book. It's a prophet of God. But this was written 700 years before Jesus. And I remember as a new believer at 21 reading this for the first time and just being mind blown by the thought of somebody prophesying so accurately about the coming Messiah 700 years before he came. And listen to this, guys. Who has believed our message, and whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of parched ground. He had no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. Whoa, maybe that guy in The chosen's too good looking. I don't know. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hid their face, he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried, yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our inequities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. By his stripes we are healed." All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own ways, but the Lord has caused the inequity of us all to fall on him, on Jesus. Wow. I want to just bring our attention to verse three. And it says here, he was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. I want somebody to hear that all of us actually to hear it pretty loud, that Jesus was a man of sorrow and he was actually acquainted with grief. He knew grief well. I want to say this as clear as I can, but unless you settle in your heart, trials, opposition and suffering and even loss is a part of life. If you don't accept those things, you're going to stunt your growth in God big time. Guys, if we're honest, and just think of your own life, I think most of us tend to avoid trials. And if we don't tend to avoid them, sometimes what we can do, which I know I'm guilty of, is we can reach for other things to comfort us besides God in the trial. You know, it's like how many Netflix series can you binge before maybe you're like, yo, maybe I'm trying to avoid something. Been there. Been there. Learning to go through trials with a God who is with us and who is for us is how we grow up in Christ. Acts 14.22, through many tribulations you enter the kingdom of God. Not through a few, not through several, but actually through many tribulations we enter the life of heaven. Out of the mouth of Jesus, John 16 I've told you all this, so you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, because I've overcome the world. And then in 1 Peter 4:12, I love this one. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you which comes upon you for your testing, as though something strange was happening to you. <laughs> hear that again. Someone needs to hear this. Do not be surprised, beloved of this fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for the testing, as though something strange is happening to you. Guys, the good news is this, Jesus won, right? I mean, that's good. He's overcome the world. The the other good news is heaven is actually real, that this is momentary light afflictions producing in us eternal weight of glory. Isn't that a good verse? 2 Corinthians 4 momentary light afflictions are going to produce in you an eternal weight of glory. But the reality is this guys, we're in a fallen world. This isn't heaven. That's why we pray on earth as it is in heaven, because we want to see heaven come to earth, but we're in a fallen world, which means first I got to deal with my own sin and how much self-infliction am I bringing onto my own life due to my own sin? a decent amount. Then I got to deal with all your guys' sin, (laughs) straight up. (laughs) And that's bringing stuff into my life. And then we won't even go there about the devil, right? Because warfare is very real. And so then we got that swirling around us. Who knows what's happening right now? Some of us would probably pee our pants if our eyes opened up. We'd be like, what the frick? A demon. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm wet. Um, and then in this life death is real death is real there's not a single person well Zoe and Joy's here today I don't know there's a few youngsters in our church they may make it another 100 years but in 100 years there's probably not a single person that will still be on earth in this room some of you are like no I've got good health I'm going the distance 120 I don't know I don't know time will tell <clears> hmm <throat> And I haven't lived long. I mean, could be at the halfway mark, could be less, who knows, could be more, um, 42. But I know this much about life. You're either in a trial, you're either heading into a trial, or you're just heading out of a trial. It's one of those three all the time. You're in it right now, you're about to head into it, or you're like, glad that one's done, coming out of that one. You know, over the last three years, um, uh, hmm. you know, me and Holly lost four babies before baby Annabelle. And uh, that wasn't easy. That was actually really hard. The first one especially really, really uh, was a gut punch. And um, you know, but then you started having more. And it felt like hope deferred, right? It makes the heart sick and anyone have a family dog that died before if you have it you're like you don't get it but if you've had a family dog it's also very challenging to lose a dog which grew up like when Samuel was just a baby Samuel 17 now but we lost Barnabas about two years ago and that was heavy I'll bring it a little light-hearted okay <laughs> Somebody's giving you trouble. We buried our dog in the field of dreams somewhere. Not going to tell you where, but just know Barnabas is in the field of dreams. Glory to God. <laughs> Lord have mercy. We had a burial. It was beautiful. Um, right, his whole life was in Iolissa. He needed to be buried in this. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. This first, this first crowd right here, all right, right, is my people. <laughs> All right, he was the best dog. I mean, there's Goldens, but, like, this Golden was nuts. We would, he, yeah, he would walk up to the people, like, war should be going on. They'd be going through some crazy trauma trial, and he would find that person and rest their head on him. I mean, he was like a supernatural dog. I don't know. But in the midst of a loss in four dogs, we also had to go through, especially me, four losses in the area of this, uh, the Field of Dreams getting refinanced. And for some of you, like that's not a big deal, but for me, it was a huge deal because we were contending for the field, and we were contending for the promises that were coming, and it was looking like if these weren't going to happen, we were end up going to lose the field. And that carried on. I thought when we got the field, it was going to happen right away. So did Jack Smith. And then everyone we entered into, we entered in with so much hope, only for all of them to fall through the cracks, and it was like... For the mission base that's coming, baby, yep, gonna bring people from all over the world to La Vista. And then uh, probably one of the hardest was about three years ago. My dad got diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, and uh, I feel like I've kind of watched my dad die, dying, you can say. Over the last three years, he's gone from about um, one eighty to about one twenty-two right now, and about, it's weird when you have a public life because you don't know always how much to share because as a pastor, especially you're in people's lives. So it feels like if you're sharing stuff, then they feel like maybe they can't share it because they might rank it on the same level. Or if you put stuff out, especially on social media, then you got people throwing stuff at you. Some things good, some things, well, it's just the will of the Lord, brother. Like, that was what someone said off our first miscarriage. Um, But, you know, I haven't shared this publicly, but my dad, it looked like he was about to die on uh, this month. On February 2nd, he he got hit with COVID and pneumonia, and he's already pretty late in the Parkinson's disease. And so my sisters, bless their hearts, each one of them kind of changed off days in the hospital because only one person can go and at a time. Um, But, you know, he he came through it, it seems like, but then we brought him home and he was in no condition to be home. And we just recently moved him into um, assistant living um, with hospice care and other things, you know. So I just share this because it's like that we have a God That's in the midst of whatever we're facing. And it says of Jesus that he was a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. That he's not distant from our trials, what we're going through, what we're facing. He's actually right there in the midst of it. The man of sorrow, the man acquainted with grief. He's the one who's going to weep with us. The Bible's not going to write something that Jesus isn't doing. Someone... Rejoice with those rejoicing. Weep with those who are weeping. This is who our Jesus is. I like to say vision gives pain a purpose. And I just want to say, guys, we need vision. We need vision that our Jesus is worth dying for, worth living for. He's greater than anything we're going up against. We need vision for Romans 5 and James 1 that talks about trials unto growth, Trials unto more of the love of God. Somebody needs to hear that. Not going to even read the verses. Read them yourself if you want. James 1, Romans 5. But they literally, it's saying this is leading to something. And one of them is the love of God being poured out your heart. Your capacity to receive the love of Jesus is greater. I think one thing that's really hard about a lot of trials in life is they come unexpected. You know what I mean? Wouldn't it be cool if you got like a memo at the beginning of each month? You're like, oh, shoot. Woo, the 17th is going to be a rough. You know, you'd be like, let's get ready. Wouldn't you live differently if you knew the different trials that were coming down the pipeline in the years ahead? You're like, dang, 2025 is going to be crazy town. I got some time, but you know, it's just like they don't come like that like the pandemic we're almost two years into this right I mean some of us would have stocked up on the teepee and start making masks and just racking in the dough you know it's like I mean if you knew it was coming your tire I mean don't have a tire pop like you're going it's just like such an inconvenience you're like I was going to work I have a very important day now I gotta deal with this tire what the frick Dia just broke her ankle yep just trying to like have a family outing, jumping across the pond. There was a hole across the pond. Jobby job, anyone lose a job before? Sickness, sickness, we all relate to that, right? You're just cruising along and you're like, I don't feel so good, I don't feel good at all, I need my bed. (laughs) You know, it's just like, Down. Trials, man, they just come very unexpectedly. Most of you, almost 95% of people probably in this room, I'm looking at Hannah and maybe a few others, you weren't in an IV in 2014, but in 2014, seven people died in Isla Vista in a shooting. That was a huge trial. That was one of the hardest things I've ever walked through as a pastor in Isla Vista. And this church, you know where we were on Friday night when it happened? We were worshiping Jesus in the upper room. And then you hear bang, bang. And you're like, mm, that's probably fireworks. It's Isla Vista. And then sirens after sirens after sirens. And our city just, I mean, it, was in, it just wept. I don't know how else to say it, but a city wept. And that was an incredibly challenging trial that I was not expecting. You guys know the song we sing sometimes, Hope's Not Dead, I Feel It Rising Up Again. That shooting happened on Friday. Mac wrote that over the weekend. We sang that on Sunday but that was an anthem in that season. That song, when it's sung any time, it just brings me right back, hope's not dead. I feel it rising up again, I feel it rising up again. (sighs) Guys, vision, it will give pain purpose. This is why we don't wait to create a life in God and go to the seeker place and show up and, you know, with him because we're not waiting for a trial. We're already ready for it, whatever God's bringing into our life, whatever's coming down the pipeline. But a lot of people in life, because I've seen it, will walk away from God, pull out for a season, harden their heart due to trials, due to suffering, due to loss. And that's not a hit on anybody because when it comes down the pipe, oh, it is easy to do that. Where were you, God? What, you know, point the finger, the middle finger, whatever finger at him. I mean, I haven't even told Holly this one. She was coming today, but one of our kids got a little sick, so she stayed home. But man, I had a wrestling match with God and for a while with baby Annabelle coming into the world because we lost four. And when you lose four, it's hard to stay in a great place of faith. But once you get to the three-month mark, they say you're kind of good to go. But even three months in, I was still not good to go. I was still needing to go to God and saying, God, please give me faith for this baby, you know, that you're going to bring it full term, that you're going to bring it healthy Because the doctor gave us a 15% chance of getting pregnant. And even if you got pregnant, the doctor was like, you got a 15% chance of carrying it full term. You got diminishing ovaries or something they wanted to prophesy over us. And me and Holly were both like, no, God has told us there's at least one more. But, you know, Holly's 42 years old. So it's just like, man, I had to wrestle. I had to wrestle with God. But I got to a place before she was born and I just settled. I said, Jesus, you're king. And it's about your kingdom and it's about your glory. So whether Annabelle is born alive or dead, I'm already going to choose a position in my heart to worship you. That was a hard place to get to, but I felt I got there. And I knew I got there on the night she was coming into the world because my heart was full of joy. It was like, God, I'm worshiping you regardless. Ephesians 5.16 says this, redeem the time because the days are evil. Did somebody hear that? Literally, redeem the time. Use your time for him, not for yourself, for his kingdom. Why? Because the days are evil. Psalms 90.12, teach us to number our days that we may present a heart of wisdom to you. Come on, young people. Teach us to number our days that we may present a heart of wisdom to you. See, most of you don't even, like death hasn't even come on the screen for you. But when you hit the 40s, like the death date becomes a little like, huh, I may be gone in like 2070. (laughs) Average person living is 78. (laughs) Shoot, what does that put me in that? You know what I mean? Like the death date becomes real where you start numbering your days to present a heart of wisdom where you're like, time is starting to go. I mean, I guarantee we'd all live different if we knew our death date. Again, you're not gonna get that in advance either, sorry. You know, life is hard I know, like, I don't say that, like, you know, like, oh, life's just hard. I hate life. I love life. I do. But I also recognize the tension that life is incredible and joyful, yet at the same time hard at times. And what some of you are going through, I don't want you to hear just move on and grow, just get over it, pivot. Though I do want us all to hear this. I'm just going to read what I wrote. That to grow in Christ... We have to frame trials, pain, suffering, and loss as not interruptions to our life, but rather part of our life. They're literally opportunities, guys, to just know God more. And there is no greater treasure in this life or reward in this life than to know God. Find me someone who knows God, I'm gonna show you a person very content, very joyful, very happy, because they've already arrived. What else? That's what they're living for. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And I say this every time, but I'm just going to keep saying it when I speak. I'm only speaking like twice a month. Um, The goal isn't growth. The goal isn't even to do trials well. The goal isn't even heaven. The goal is God. (laughs) The goal is God. It's to know God and to literally treasure God more than you treasure anything else in life. That he is your greatest treasure. He is your greatest reward. He's my portion forever. That's what David said. Guys, my favorite moment is what I'm so happy about. See, I didn't grow up Christian. I didn't have Jesus in the picture. My sister somehow broke away, found the Lord in high school. She led my dad to the Lord, my younger sister to the Lord. I found the Lord later. But I am so happy because my dad knows Jesus. He knows the reward. And he's had his eyes closed for quite some time. They barely open up. They never really opened up when he was in the hospital. But my sister put on some wow worship. You know, all the people like the wow worship. <laughs> and literally, he hasn't been moving, but he hears the wow worship, both hands go up. Both hands go up. I mean, come on, God. Shabba. Guys, trials, they have a way of moving you closer to God, but they also have a way of moving you away from God. Listen to what C.S. Lewis said. God whispers to us in our pleasure, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. Jesus was a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. Which means this, whatever we're facing, he understands. Psalms 34, 18, he's near. Someone needs to hear this say. He's near to the brokenhearted. He saves those that are crushed in spirit. And like a good dad or a mom, when you're going through things, he's going to be right there with you. Some of you may not have been raised that way, but that's not who God is. God is actually going to be near when things are hard. Hmm. And I want to give someone permission because some of us have just grown up Christian or maybe been in different Christian circles. Um, But it's okay to not be okay. It's okay when you're going through stuff to not have the perfect Christian response. Well, just praise the Lord. God is good all the time, all the time. This is just the will of God for my life. Okay, if that's where you're at, the Lord bless you. And that's actually fine because I've actually been pretty good through all the stuff with my dad. I've had some tough moments, some tough days. But if that's not where you're at, there's no need to fake it till you make it. It's better to be honest and be real. Because that's what we see in the life of David. A man who was real, a man who was honest and authentic. And some of you may not know this, but one third of the Psalms that David wrote were lament. They were about heartache. They were about challenging and things not going as he thought they were going to go. A whole book in the Bible is called Lamentations, full of sadness and disappointment. Like a whole book, Lamentations. You're like, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's there. One of the main themes in the Bible, guys, it's, is suffering. Genesis, talking about evil and death coming into the world. Exodus recounts the Israelites forty year history in the wilderness full of trials and testing. I already mentioned Psalms. There's the book of Job. We don't even want to go there. Ecclesiastes. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. And then the New Testament, full of wisdom, out of the mouth of Jesus, right? Book of First Peter, if you're going through something hard, read the book of First Peter. Incredible book. Um so are the does my slide work or no? Okay, I'm not ready for it yet, but soon. Oh, you try to sneak it up there. Because the second I put it up there, you just left Jason and you're on the slide. Um, so I don't normally do this. For, like, I think maybe for the first time, last time I spoke, I gave some very practical stuff. And some of you are like, I love when you did that. So don't think this is coming all the time. But I'm going to give you four practical things again. Okay, the benefits of trials. The first one. Trials lift our eyes off of the unstable world onto a stable God. Let me say it again. Trials lift our eyes off of the unstable world onto a stable God. They have a way when things are like shaking that you're like, oh no, I need the rock. And you find God in a place that you wouldn't have found him before. Grew up in Southern California, all about the earthquakes. Then it's some shakers. All you can think when it's shaking, you're like, am I safe? Is my family safe? You're not thinking about, like, did I feed my dog? You know, should I get my 40 minutes in? No, you're thinking about safety. Okay, second benefit. Trials invite us to let go of orphan living and enter deeper into being a son or a daughter of God. We have a father. We're not alone. He's always with us. But trials will test that big time. Do we really believe in the love of God? Anyone there on Friday when Kat preached? I heard the message. Frickin' brought the fuego. But she was talking about how trials don't determine the love of God. That was settled 2,000 years ago on the cross. Jesus loves you. It's already done. He showed himself. The trial is he's in it now with you. And if we're not careful, guys, we can easily put God on a trial when we're on trial. Right? If we haven't settled that love thing, then we will be putting God on trial when we're going through things. It's just inevitable. Benefit number three, trials can help shake off living fake, like everything's okay, when life is clearly not okay, and they can welcome us into living into weakness, vulnerability, and in God's strength. Guys, weakness and strength, this is a whole sermon, so I'm not even going to go there, are the same thing in God. So the Bible says, let the weak say I am strong. So Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness, not in your strength. And lastly, deep wounds deepen us. Deep wounds will deepen you. I guarantee you go through things with God, you'll be less judgmental You'll be less hard on other people. You should just get over that. You'll have way more compassion. Your heart will open up more. I mean, it's like I've been through some crazy stuff with my back, throwing it out. I mean, someone has back pain. I'm like, oh, are you okay? You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm right there. Someone has an ankle pain. I'm probably like, you know, just walk it off, man. You probably got it. I don't know. You know, (laughs) let's just pray. Let's see what happens. Um, But, you know, when you go through something, it deepens you in that place, and your heart is way more tender, way more open. So if you could put those four up. Are they readable? Can you guys read those? Okay, so we're going to do a little bit of an open service, but we're going to keep it five Bs. That means be brief, baby, be brief. And so if you're going to come up here and try to drop your 10-minute story and then go into one of these, probably not the Sunday. But just keep it brief and stay within these four lanes, okay? We're just gonna testify of where we've seen God move in these different areas. You know, whether it was bringing stability into our life, letting go of the orphan thinking, uh, shaking off being real, and then lastly, you know, deep wounds in us. Sound good? Okay. Who's coming?
1: Um, So, our first baby, we lost as well. I'd gone past the 12-week, you're okay time. We were nearly at 16. So, it was pretty horrific. Um, And then, after that, we have four very healthy, amazing sons. Um, But we ended up having six miscarriages throughout the period. And I remember... Every time there was an issue, the doctors would say, can we take the, the fetus and do tests? We need to find out what's going on. And every time I prayed, and the Lord said no. And when we had our third son, Jacob, um, he stopped breathing, was very sick. And I was in hospital with him, and I got very sick. It was like the enemy was really after us. Um, and it's interesting, because my first baby... I had really hard labor and it was emergency. My second baby, same thing. The third baby was born and at six weeks he nearly stopped breathing and it was just crazy. And it's interesting because when Jacob was sick, they did take a lot of tests and they found out that it's actually not possible for me to have children. Um, I have something called anti-cardiolipins, which explains all the miscarriages. But from day one, I decided that God is faithful, and nothing is impossible. And so I always prayed and said to the doctors, you know, I love medicine, but you don't get the final say-so. And... It was amazing, because after every loss, I remember God just making me so deep, and it's like I understood the sovereignty of God, and I was so full of faith. Since then, Jez and I, over the years, have prayed for many, many women who cannot have babies, and they've all had multiple children, and God, you know, you get, you get to take back what the enemy's t- stolen from you. You really do. You, you have the right to go in and go, I get to take this back. And I'm a doula now. So that's pretty awesome.
0: That was awesome. Remember when Mark shared, you can come up. Um, remember when Mark shared about the Word of God, I said how key it is to find scriptures to back what we believe But there's a verse that says, He who overcomes, I will give authority over the nations. So, the area that you overcome, you get authority in that area. And that's what you see with Lindsay.
2: So, I'm Jill, and I'm going to be really brief, but my heart is pounding so hard. And I was like, God, I'm not going up there. And you have to actually make it more clear than that. Um, I kind of feel like I might have a heart attack, so I was like, oh, I guess I'm going up there. (laughs) Okay, Jesus. Um, so, um, I don't have a lot of permission from the Lord to say much, but, um, I was married to a pastor, and I was a stay-at-home mom, homeschooling my four awesome kids, and now I'm not married anymore, and that's really hard. (laughs) Um... By God's grace, I'm still homeschooling my four kids. And um, Jason said, stay in one of those lanes, and all four of them. (laughs) So trials um, make God more stable. Um, God is everything, hands down. And um, definitely learning more about um, living as the daughter of God. Sorry, my heart is still beating really hard. Um, and I can't see that far, so. <laughs>
0: um,
2: yeah, not fake, because half the time I'm crying, so there's that. And then um, deep in us. So the Lord has um, just brought some other women into my life who are going through some really hard stuff. And I can just be right there with them. And whatever God's saying to me, I get to just say right to them. And so that's just been a real blessing to know, like, Lord, you're already bringing beauty out of ashes. Um, And so just something that keeps coming up in the last two weeks is um, I was in this talk. And the woman that was speaking was saying that um, all the stuff that happens in our life is not wasted. God doesn't waste anything. And um, Mike's going to laugh. She accidentally said crap, but she meant to say crop. (laughs) And she said all the crap in our life becomes the soil um, for new growth, for new life. And he uses it all. And so every point where we are... um, shedding off the old self because that's dead that dead refuse that material becomes the nutritious soil for what god's bringing us into that new life and um i have a year on jason i'm 43 and that is true <laughs> it's so true um so he's good
3: That was really good, Jill. Oh, my heart's pounding too, but I don't feel like I'm going to have a heart attack. (laughs) Maybe, actually, now that I'm up here. Um, Ooh, so, oh yeah, God, just give me words. Um, I, for a long time, have dealt with really bad anxiety, and I, like, didn't know what to call it for a long time. Um, so I'm constantly feeling like my mind is really unstable, and I'm just on unstable ground all the time, Um, and I was telling, I think I was telling my mom the other day, like, if you were in my head, you would realize how exhausting this would be, and you'd get it, like, it's hard to explain it to people, but I'm exhausted all the time, Um, just mentally, and like, I've gone through a lot of trials in life, and like have had hard times for sure but a lot of it is mental um i'm not speaking that over myself it's just something that i deal with and i do feel like part of it has helped me be able to relate with people like there are so many good things that have come out of like my trials in the physical world and then the mental and spiritual but um even today, like, I was getting a smoothie, and I was going through these, like, mental gymnastics of, like, anxiety for no reason. And I just was like, thank you, God, that you are stable, because I do not feel stable. And like, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because, um, like, things do feel unstable a lot, and, like, if you deal with anxiety or whatever, there's so many different things that we can feel like we're just sinking Um God is so good and like the second that i walk into something that i feel anxious about and i tell myself i'm secure in you because you are secure like everything changes and yeah i used to do it a lot like i would be anxious and then walk into a room and i close my eyes and just say like i'm confident in you and like yeah then my my perspective shifts from what's unstable in my life to what is stable in God. And the last thing, sorry, this is long, um, that Jill was saying, like, (laughs) I have a quick story. When I was growing up, I used to raise pigs. And um, in my backyard, like a lot of them. Anyways, um... And we had a lot of manure. So in our backyard, it was like, you know, really good soil. And my mom and I went through a really hard time where my parents got divorced, my dad kind of got everything, and we were left nothing. And we didn't have like money for food. So we planted a garden in our backyard that had all that pig manure. So like really, um, really good to grow things. And that provided for us for like a whole year. And we would give out everything that we had. It was like a blessing to us and then also a blessing to people around because we didn't have like the finances, the finances to help people. So we would just be like, do you want some butternut squash? Like, have some. Do you want some tomatoes? And these carrots, like, I'm not kidding. They're like this big. Crazy. So um, anyways, yeah, trials, they are like, depending on how we look at them, is a difference. Like, oh, I'm, I'm really down in the dumps or like, Yeah, or this, like, if we focus on the trial, then we're going to feel unstable. If we focus on God in the trial, we're going to feel stable. So, anyways, thanks for listening to all that.
4: I resonate with the heart pounding. I'm feeling that. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to stick with number one. Trials lift our eyes off of the unstable world and onto a stable God. Um, I feel like the last couple weeks I've been going through like a weird trial stage. Um, The Lord's just been teaching me a lot. And I was reading this book by Brendan Manning and there's a quote in there and it said that trust is to be convinced of the reliability of God. And it was just like shining a light into my own heart because I feel like a lot of times I allow like trials and different things that come along to steal my trust and like it kind of like diminishes my trust level and then when things are going great it's really easy to be like oh I trust you god you know um but to be convinced of his reliability and like what that looks like is like no one can come up to you and be like yeah the sky is brown you know what I mean because it's blue it's the sky is blue we're convinced of that um and i feel like that same trust in in god is available to all of us where we can trust that he's reliable and that he comes through every time and yeah, that's what he's been doing to me.
5: Hi. Okay, closer. I'm Sydney, for people who don't know. I know like probably ten people here. So <laughs> um, so I also heart-pounding, fun stuff. Usually that's how God tells us to do something. At least me. And I'm also going to stick to number one. Um, And that's actually more so on the unstable flesh and taking your eyes off of the unstable flesh and onto a stable God. Um, I've been in a really hard season the last three or four months, um, and it's just been a time where my perception of where my life was going to go, and even my perception of who I thought God was, my human Stability of understanding of his character or what he had for me or anything like that has been really shaken and it's to show that it's I can't trust on my own stability of my perception of God and I can't trust my own perception of how life is going to go nor what God has for me but my eyes have to be on the stable and loving God and not who I've made him out to be and um With that, I also wanted to say that there's so much hope in trial. Um, I think sometimes we can go through trials and believe, oh God, if you put me in this situation, in these circumstances with my trial, I'd walk through it successfully. God, why couldn't you surround me with this life circumstance, with this group of people, with this type of job? If you did that, I'd be able to walk through this trial and be fine, or at least do it better. Um, But as I've still been walking through it, just trying to humbly realize, okay, God, you have me with the people and the job and the places and the circumstance to walk through this where I have to continue to rely on you. And it might make me feel like I'm being pushed lower, but God says that he will humble the self-righteous because only in humility do we look to God. And so there's a huge, huge message of hope in that.
6: Hi, guys sorry. How's it going? Um, <laughs> praise God. Um, I would say, <laughs> I would say a, a trial that I've definitely ran into is like my relationship with my family, um, especially in 2019 and 2020. It was like really difficult and um, just like a lot of contention and a lot of it was rooted in my own heart of just not um, dealing with um, just moments that I need to go to the Lord for forgiveness and releasing things and past and all of that so this past year in 2020 um, in November it was like a couple weeks before Thanksgiving and I was, uh, I was driving on the freeway how many of you guys experience the Lord so like so crazily on the freeway when I mean, you're just like whoa, revelation at 75 miles per hour. Um, yeah, it's so good. I highly recommend it. Um, <laughs> but I literally heard the Holy Spirit. He's like, you can either go into this holiday season with bitterness and contention and a spirit of disunity, or you can cast all that into the sea. And you can put an end to generational curse that you've been walking in and agreeing with. And I literally looked the the principality of disunity and and contention in the eyes, and I said, "I cast you out in the name of Jesus." And boom, just this ex- like, like this explosion of breakthrough just like radiated through my body and my spirit. I was like, "Oh, it's over." it's over like I don't have to expect going into Thanksgiving or Christmas like I'm going to be bitter or let down or disappointed because I've just released it and what I recognized in that um, is that sometimes trials and principalities powers can operate in seasons and in patterns and that's that's what I learned from that is is understanding that sometimes trials aren't just like randomized or sporadic but they can be consistent and they can continue to happen if you're not aware of them and so that was how I overcame my trial of contention thank you very much
7: prefer one another that's a scripture you're just getting all the blessing today bro you um, know when you said you: Yeah, I do this for myself. So um, when your heart pounds a lot, that's okay. It happens to everybody. I've spoken so many times, and sometimes it still happens to me, but it gets better over time the more you just do it, because you know the faithfulness of God. So I think number two is what I'm going to focus on, and honestly, if I could say, um, I think if you get number two all the other ones cascade from there. Because when you know that you're a son or a daughter of God and how wonderful and faithful your father is, everything changes. And for me, there was a season of life, uh, I had been working really hard and taking a lot of faith steps and was, um, you know, really pressing into uh, promises. And <clears throat> in 2013, everything was coming together in a really beautiful way. And I was like, wow, this is going to be incredible. And then come 2014, and a series of trials just began to hit, and everything fell apart. And we we hit seven major trials in about a six to eight month period. And they were actually, some of them were just major fears in my life that were always in the background that I wouldn't think of consistently, but if I did think of one of them, say when I'm going to sleep or whatever, it would just keep me up and anxiety would grip me. And so in that season, not only did our business begin to fall apart, and we ended up like not just in debt, but fully in debt all the, you know, all the way. And Dia got really sick, and we didn't know what was wrong with her. And she was um, in bed pretty often for about four months. And then we found out we were going to lose our housing. And um, I got betrayed by somebody who had been a, uh, you know, a confidant and a mentor. And so a number of things all happened at the same time. And I remember sitting with the Lord one morning and saying, oh man, Lord, like literally like counting these things and realizing, wow, these have all been major fears in my life. You know, and one other one was a major medical emergency and we had just lost our medical insurance. So it was like, oh, seriously? We have a one hour long ambulance ride down from the mountain and have to do all this crazy testing at a hospital. This sucks. (laughs) But... As I was sitting with the Lord, I walked out in the living room, because um, I was going to go on a walk with the Lord, and the kids were watching Frozen, and Elsa was singing, let it go, let it go, can't hold me back anymore, and, and I, the Lord said, stop, and I stopped, and I just listened to the lyrics of that song, and, he, and then he smiled, and I said, okay, let's walk, and as I walked, he said, that's you, son. He said, it's not going to hold you back anymore, and these fears and these trials, he said, those things are now done. And he said, look at you. Look at all these things that have happened that were, that were terrible in your mind and you're still here and you're still okay and I'm still for you and you're still with me. You know, and your basic needs, every single one of them, they're all covered, like your whole family, you're still okay. And that revelation in that time, that was, that literally addressed like this uh, knotted mess of orphan spiritedness and fears. And in like one fell swoop, the Lord came in and undid that whole thing and revealed to me what it's like to live like a son or a daughter. And he brought glorious freedom. Um, and that began, that began a real uh, turning point in my life for control, which actually came out of, you know, anxiety, which actually came out of Fear. And fear comes out of being an orphan. Not really, really knowing that we're adopted and loved by a perfect father. And I wrote this a little while back after I was driving. Um, I think I was driving 75 and I had a revelation. It was crazy. It was, I probably would have been driving 65, just saying. But uh, some fatherly advice. No, I'm teasing. I wrote, I wrote this. Look, either our perfectly able heavenly father truly cares for our needs or he does not there's not really an in between and might it be that this is a matter we must settle in our hearts once and for all and never look back
8: <laughs> Bless the Lord. Um, hi hi my heart's pining too, but that's also because I hate talking in front of people, which is probably the Lord as well, so I'm here. Um, I'm going to lean on this because it makes me feel safe. Um, <laughs> um, as some of you may know, maybe not, probably not because I was hiding, but um, I, um, I got the opportunity to go on a tour with um, our fellow ex-Ivy Worship, maybe she still is Ivy Worship, Ali Page, Allie Merrill, some of you know her. Um, And that didn't end so well. (laughs) It was a great time. Um, And I flew all the way out there for a week, practiced, uh, thought I did good. And just things weren't working out. And I got sent home and did not get to go on the tour and was replaced by another drummer, which sucked. Um, And made me think I sucked. (laughs) And so I think uh, I'm focusing on number three because it was really easy for me. Growing up is something I learned, too, is just be like, I'm good because I'm always the happy Sam, the joyful Sam. People love Sam. Being around Sam is fun. And so I felt like, oh, that's the way I need to be so it looks better. God's going to fix it anyway. This is going to be fine. And I think try- coming back and trying to do that was so crazy because this time I was like, oh, felt like a powering down robot. And I was like, whoa, it's not working. I'm malfunctioning. <laughs> I feel di- like I'm dying still. <laughs> and I was trying to come to church, talk to people, be a part of stuff. And it just made me feel like, something was not right, and I need, there's something else that's like missing in this moment, and it's not just to blow it off, like it didn't happen. And I had a moment in my room where I was so frustrated, and also I got robbed right after that. Got back, got robbed, my car got robbed, broken into, Clark experienced this, they used all my money on my card for rent, um, and I was like, sick, praise God. Uh, the subleaser I had didn't pay me all the money. Um... <laughs> And that boy messed my room up. It was crazy. Anyways, it was disgusting. Never let anybody stay in your bed if they're somebody. So take your stuff out, bro. Anyways, um, new one. I didn't know that. I was playing. Anyways, but um, so just stuff was happening, left and right. I was getting wrecked. Uh, Point being, I just sat in my bed, and I had this moment with God where it was just like, I felt like God was, like, talking to me. He's like, you keep trying to, like, make this go away by being happy. But what if you actually just, like, were honest with me right now, like, it's actually okay for you to tell me that you hate this and you wish you were on tour right now and you wish you were getting paid and didn't take a month off of work to now not have money for <laughs> another month and a half, two months to pay rent. How are you going to do that? And I sat there and I was like, uh, started just bawling. And I was like, oh, you're right. I do hate this. This sucks. This is so annoying. And, and I all of a sudden felt this whole thing leave of, like, this is what this is what I wanted you to be doing the whole time invite me into this space with you because I actually understand what's going on and I see it and I'm not just here like Sam okay get over it next thing let's go it was like no like come to me come be in this space with me and it just actually just did wonders it was crazy and I was like oh I need to do this more often this is crazy (laughs) I actually feel better than faking it and and you know, all the stuff anyways i 'm going too long, but it, it it's just it, it really is just a matter of believing like more your focus should be more on him and what he is doing because it's like at the end of the day, like the more you look up at him, the less the world down here and the things going on around you look so big and so crazy and so like an impossible um, and If we keep looking at this stuff, then obviously, yeah, it's going to look like the biggest thing in the world. But if we just look at him, who's perfect, and actually the one making all this happen and making us uh, go from glory to glory, then we're chilling. And it's about, so, praise God. Um, Yeah.
9: Sam, I just want to say, you are a champion. And um, I've seen you go through this, bro. And the fact that you have continued to bow low and surrender to him means that he's going to have his way in taking anything that the enemy meant for evil and turning it around for good in your life. Oh, my heart's beating really fast too. This doesn't normally happen when I get up here. Um, Hi guys, I'm Mark. Um... Oh, hi, Mark. (laughs) Um, I think a lot of us, our hearts are beating right now. Because I think this is a message from the Lord. For now. For all of our lives. Um, Me specifically, the past week and a half has been the Lord helping me realize. You know those moments where you... Or maybe you don't know this moments. Maybe I could describe it to you in the sense of, imagine being in a dream so deep that you don't realize that you're not awake until you're awake. And the past week and a half has been the Lord helping me realize that I am not super okay right now. And that's totally okay. And realizing, I think the moment that really like locked that in for me, um, I went to, I'm a musician and the worship pastor here, and um, I really like pianos. And so I went and looked at a new piano today from the guy who sold me my last one. And I checked out this piano and just had a beautiful time sitting there The piano for all of my life has been one of my closest friends. And sitting there playing this piano was so special. I can't afford it right now, but I'm going to save up for it. But coming home from that moment, I walked into the house and um, my housemates were all sitting around like working on their computers and stuff. And the way that I was interacting with them as soon as I walked in the house was like the fully alive Mark Barlow like I haven't seen myself in a long time. And I had forgotten. And I have in some ways felt like I've fallen asleep to who I really am. And I was like, God, what is happening right now? And I could hear, and I went into the other room and I could hear Clark and Abby saying like, what's up with Mark? He's back. Like we haven't seen this in a really long time. And I'm just here to testify about number three, because whether or not we know that we're living fake, it's not that that fake part is like a, a willful thing that we always step into. Sometimes we don't know that we're going through a trial. And sometimes it's unrecognizable. Sometimes I'm unrecognizable from who I really am because of the season But up on number one, God is a stable God, and he is so consistent. And so right now, I'm just standing before you to testify that if if you are asleep right now to the fact that you're in trial or that you were in a trial, that God is going to wake you up, and he's going to help you realize your need for him. And so right now, if that's you, just raise your hand and say, Jesus, I acknowledge my weakness before you, and I take a hold of your strength. In Jesus' name.
0: Are you coming up? No, no, come up. You two are coming up, right? Okay, they've been there. Let's let them go. Sorry, Claire. Yep, and then you come up. And then we're going to land it unless there's someone who's like, I got to share, so we can just drop back into worship for just a tiny bit.
10: I'll uh, I'll just be real quick and, and just say that uh you know our our married life has been a, a pretty cool uh testimony to uh the benefits and and the the difficulties of trials and uh uh really that um that sonship idea you know I made we we went through a a miscarriage that turned into uterine cancer, and my response to it was to try to, like, grind it out, like, all right, I'm going to do these things in my own power, which r- resulted in an actual, like, a real trial, like a federal indictment that I had to do some time for, and uh, throughout that period, we were able to have another baby, and then we get pregnant a second time, and that's a, another trial of uh, doctors basically giving a... a a really bad, you know, report that if the baby was going to live, it was going to be, uh, you know, some real serious problems at the heart and the kidney and the brain and and whatnot. Um, and I just have to say that uh, even even going through all of that, so you got this this prison time hanging over your head, and now you're trying to deal with with uh, those things. Um, I can definitely say that uh, coming out on the on the flip side of that, not only did the Lord protect me through, through all of that, protect my family, we have, all of our kids are healthy, you know, praise God, um, but he showed me just a lot about what that meant, like, it wasn't because, uh, you know, because uh, my suffering was so much worse than anybody else's, and, and, it, and I didn't get through it because I did anything better than anybody else, he just showed me, you're, you're my son, I'm, I'm going to give you sons and daughters, you're going to feel the same way that I feel towards you, this, this isn't, uh, it's, it's really very simple. Um, and, uh, and being able to know God like that now and go, and what he's brought, uh, both of us through, it's like, you, you can't take that away from me, you know? And, uh, and so, yeah, there's, there's been new trials and, you know, nothing's is, is, is perfect, but, uh, man, do I feel like the Lord has, has really kind of given me some armor, uh, to walk through some, some hard stuff and, and, to and to walk with my brothers and sisters through some hard stuff and just really trust that role that he's given me as his son and how, how what a big thing that is. It's a, it's a simple phrase, but it's just really life-changing.
11: So some of you have already heard some of my testimony, but, like, my life is pretty much like a hot mess. It's great. Um, so, uh, so all the many trials that I've, like, been through uh, with the, the birth of the twins that like led us up to there, like a lot of really heavy stuff happened and it, and it sucked. Um, but it gave me strength. So when um, I was in the doctor's office, it's a crazy wild story, I'm going to be really quick about it. And it touches like all four because that's just the way God is. Um, we're sitting there and and we found out, well, first found out we were having twins and we were like, oh snap cuz we lost we already lost a, a baby so it was just like oh this is like here i'm going to give you guys the baby that you lost sweet and then we're in there and the doctor was like your kid is going to come messed up it's going to come out messed up and she straight up said your kid is going to be retarded i was like what why would you say something like that i know you got to like sort of like get people ready but i was like i wasn't ready to hear that but here we go here's here's the best part. Before Lily was born, so if you know all my kids, it goes Dominic, Lily, and then the twins. So before Lily was born, I had a God dream. And in the God dream, it was four kids. Well, at the time it was just Dominic and I was pregnant. I didn't know what I was going to have, if was a boy or a girl. Well, it turned out it was going to be a girl. Cool. In the dream, it was two girls, two boys, but I only had a boy and a girl okay, whatever. Go into the, the very first prenatal visit and you're having twins. And I'm like, oh, no wonder I'm so sick. So then when we go in for the like extra prenatal visits, and then we found out it's a boy and a girl, we're like, oh, wow, is this the dream? And so then I was plugging along like, okay, life is good. This is, this is the dream. And then when the doctor was like, Nope, like, you, we'll be even amazed if this kid comes out alive. Oh, well. nope, nope. I, I saw the dream. I was like, no, you, you can't do that to me, because God has already told me that this is going to happen, that I'm going to have my two boys and my two girls, and we're going to be on a beach, and it's going to be amazing, and they're all frolicking around, and it's great. And so I still have that dream that we're going to frolic on a beach with my four kids, and it's going to be great. And so each time, each visit that we went to, your kid's going to be messed up. We, Caleb came out. He was breech. And he was the first one to come home. Grace, she, she got pneumonia. So she had to stay in the hospital for one extra week. And we were like, wait. why why is Grace, like, the one sick in the hospital? So I was like, okay, well, that's cool. Like, Caleb got to come home before his sister. Cool. And then when, also when he came out, they did all the testing. They tested his heart. They tested his kidney, tested his brain. And I was like, I rebuke all that. And every test, they couldn't find anything. Every single test. So I love medicine, but sometimes medicine can be wrong. And then... Each time, every single time, every single doctor visit that we go to, it's always like, it must be a miracle because this kid is, you know, acting normal. And we're like, praise God. So I just really want to encourage all of you that the world is going to try to drag you down. It's going to try to say all kinds of stuff. The enemy is going to really pull at your heartstrings and really try to like dig in there into the places that he feels that are special to you. And so what you just got to do is you just got to stand up and get in, you know, get in that face of the enemy and just be like, no, you have no place here. Because Jesus said that. He's like, you have no place here. So I just really want to encourage all of you to just like be able to face the things that are coming against you and just really stand strong and proud with Christ because he's the one who gives us life and is able to, you know, push us forward and get through all these tough trials. So,
12: amen. Amen. Everybody. I'm Claire. Uh, yeah, so there's been a Bible story that's really been inspiring me lately, um, and I, I've been thinking a lot of David and when he faced Goliath, and like, how did he have this confidence, this faith, this trust in the Lord? And yes, he knew God, but he'd also faced a lion and a bear before. And like, I sometimes think, like, was he grateful? to have faced that lion and that bear and known the strength in him and known that the Lord was with him before he faced Goliath. And like, there are lions and bears in our life. And for me, like, there was childhood trauma and like molestation, right? All these things that like were my lions and bears and I didn't know it at the time, but the Lord has been walking with me and showing me that I have, that through him, we have overcome it, that he's not wasteful, he is sovereign over all, and he's built a strength in me through it that is unshakable. And as he's been walking with me, he's, he's let me know what the assignment is, and I actually have it on a bracelet. It's my family verse, and it's First Thessalonians, be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks. And to give thanks in trials, I mean, the first time you do it, it's in faith. And because of my bears and my lions, I was like, all right, this trial that I've just recently gone through, it's a light one, I promise. My car broke down. And I was like, okay, I'm open-handed with you, Lord. You gave me this car, it's yours to take away. Maybe you want to humble me and get me back into communion, asking for more rides and and just trusting that you'll provide. You know, whatever it is, like I trust you. And so I I just felt prompted by the Spirit to pray. Thank you for breaking my car, because I know the treasure you have for me in it is greater than the, a working car. I trust you in this. I trust you. And he has come through it, and this is number two, um, a deeper uh, into being a son or daughter of God, and that includes family. And he has shown me like I didn't even have to ask for rides, like Amanda just calls up, "Hey, do you need a ride? Do you want to go together to get or something?" He just showed me like the community and the family I was a part of, that there was a trust and a connectedness there that, that I was loved and looked after and taken care of and that I wasn't alone. And I just have to say that that was worth so much more than the cost of getting my car fixed and that that is a gift that will give to me for the rest of my life, knowing that I'm part of the body of Christ and a part of the family. And I just want to encourage you when a trial comes, and I can only say this. I'm sorry. I'm that person that's like, yay, God. But well, when a trial comes, and I say this because of my lions and my bears, when a trial comes, I'm excited to see God in it because I know he has something more for me than what I'm missing at the time. And I trust that and I believe it. And I really encourage you guys to just Give your excitement to see the way God shows up without expectation, just knowing, trusting, and believing that he is there. He is there and he has something for you. All right, praise God.
9: Hey, worship team, can y'all come up? Um, As we transition, um, I just wanted to say, as I stood in my living room, realizing that I'm alive again, at least for a moment, the Lord showed me that that was me being reconnected to hope. Um, and I think that as we transition into worship, if there's a song about hope or, or something that we could sing into, that would be incredible. Um, because as we are going through trials, I don't believe that our hope should ever be in that that trial would end. If, if, the hand, if hope had a handle I don't want that handle to be, I'm holding on to that this trial will be over soon. I want my hope to be a living hope, a person, his name is Jesus. Because communion with Jesus is the only, it's the only treasure, it's the only prize worth living for. And if we hold on to him as our living hope, there is something there that is more sustainable and more life-giving that actually causes the the joy within us to to well up no matter what's happening around us um no matter what trial we're going through (sighs)
13: sorry guys one more thing Um, My dad always used to say this to me and I just really felt so strongly that the Father was saying this to us is like just the simple phrase this too shall pass and whatever you're in and like you're, yeah, we know all these great points of okay, there will be breakthrough or there will be a day where we don't have trial. But like sometimes the only thing that like gives your present mind and your mental health like solace is like this won't last forever. Like this too shall pass. So I just wanted to like pray too. And like the the fourth one, like deep wounds, like deepen us. Like I just, Jesus has, has, like, interceded and, and is continually crying with um, what you're saying, like, what with what Kat was saying. So I'm just going to pray, and just that, like, the intercessor of, like, Jesus would just come and, like, give you a hug right now if you need it, and... Yeah. So Jesus, I just thank you that you're in the midst of us right now. And even people who just feel like their trial is going to last forever, their grief is going to last forever. Their pain is going to last forever. I just, just thank you, Jesus, that you're leading them out of the valley and that you, they're going to come like leaning, leaning on their beloved even more. And so, yeah, Jesus, I just pray for that, like that, that release and that that deep like your deep heart that when we look into your eyes you have seen pain and you um you are going to uh yeah you're, you're going to just redeem and just comfort that pain and so we just thank you that you're healing broken hearts right now that you're um here in, in um in the trials that you're here in the trials and we can just uh, rest our
3: head on you thank you jesus